Proverbs 16.1, if you'd stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God tonight, and I'm going to begin in reading in verse 1, and we'll read on through verse 3. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 1, the preparations of the heart in man, and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirits. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. You may be seated so I have thought about preparations, and there's many a times that I've come to church here, and I've asked that, uh, you know, that we come with ears to hear, hearts prepared to receive, and uh, one of the things I believe is preparation before you arrive at a service, and that we ought to have our hearts prepared before we even come to church, and even on a Wednesday night, uh, sometimes we get busy during our day, we don't have a, seven, we don't have a service until 7 o'clock, and so we can almost forget to have our hearts prepared uh, when we come to an evening service like this. And so the challenge for us tonight is preparation. And this is just principle number three. And the Lord tells us in the scriptures that God, the Holy Spirit, should guide our attitude and not allow our flesh to control us. And so even throughout our days that we should allow the Holy Spirit to be our guide. And you say, well, how do you do that? Well, uh, you have to give yourself over to God. It's not you getting more of the Spirit of God, but it's allowing yourself to be more controlled by the Spirit of God. And then consider what your spirit is like uh, from day to day and uh, what is really in control in your life. What is your attitude like every day? You know, when you wake up some mornings, you have one spirit about you. You wake up another morning, you have another spirit about you, and, and you can go from day to day. Or you can wake up with a good spirit and end the day with a bad spirit. Or you can start out the day with a bad spirit and end up with a good spirit. And the whole thing about it is, is God wants us to have a good spirit throughout the day. And so we can have those kinds of things happen. Can I share just quickly what you just shared with me when you came in? Miss Lori woke up this morning. She's having a great day, and she got to turn the air conditioning on over at JJ, where the school she's teaching. Uh, by the end of the day, Lori was not so happy. In fact, when she called the person about the problem that she was having, uh, they said, are you crying? Are you okay? She goes, no, I'm fine. I'm just trying to find a mop. What happened was she turned the air conditioning unit on, and it doesn't uh, go outside or into a sub pump. It went into a bucket. The bucket got filled before she left work and started to flood the place. And so it was exciting. So her day started off well. It didn't end well, but I'm guessing you got it cleaned up. No. And so, so it still not ended well. So here's the idea, though. you got to think through, uh, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you really decide because it's a choice. And even if you wake up and, uh, I mean, uh, some of us are at that age that we always make the joke that we're snacked crackle and pop, right? We're like Rice Krispie Treats when we wake up and we don't feel good and, and, uh, and, and all that kind of thing. But we can't allow that to dictate how we behave. And sometimes we do that. Or we had something on our mind the night before and we didn't sleep through the night and we wake up and we're cranky uh, and, and those kinds of things. But you can't let your spirit be changed for those reasons. And so I want to challenge you in this thought. Are you preparing daily for the Lord's plans to be fulfilled in your life? If we are, we'll carry a good spirit with us. Because I don't think God wants to use a negative spirit or a, a contrite spirit or a, uh, a controversial spirit. So here's what I want to challenge you. When you wake up in the morning or when you go to bed at night, either or and even throughout the day, you know, the Bible tells us to roll our burdens upon the Lord, casting all of your care upon him, for he what? Careth for you, right? So roll your burdens over to God uh, because nothing, including, now listen to me, including our thoughts is too great for God to overcome. Even our thought life, and listen, our battles are often lost. Our spiritual battles are often lost right here. Right here is where it starts, and we lose it right here. 
and then it kind of dictates itself after that. So to help us to keep a right attitude from day to day, I think there's three key areas that he kind of points out here in this Psalm 1 is our heart. He said, the preparations of the heart in man and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Think about how powerful that statement is right there. He's saying the preparations of the heart in man and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. So who prepares the heart and who is the one that should help us speak? Well, God should prepare my heart and God should have control of my tongue. And uh, uh, I want to challenge you with this. To have that right kind of heart in our preparation, I think it includes God in your day. You have to wake up. You have to include God in your day. That starts with prayer. That starts with reading the scriptures. That's spending some time with him, including God in the plan, not excluding God and making sure that we're in on God's plan and not our own plans. And so you want to include God in that. And this not only has to do with our planning, but our disposition of our spirit in our planning, because sometimes we can have a poor disposition. My pastor always told me, hold your position, which is the scriptures, Watch your disposition because your attitude about it can be pretty sour. And he said, you want to have a good disposition about you. So listen to this. In Proverbs 19.21, the Bible says, There are many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord, that shall stand. So when God gives counsel, that's what will stand. And so he tells us there are many devices in a man's heart. There's many ways in which we think. He's talking about that inner man, that portion of man that kind of gives thought to things, but the best counsel is that of the Lord, because he said, uh, and nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord, that shall stand. What God gives is what really takes a stand for us. So we need to kind of remove ourselves and allow God in. That's allowing the Spirit to control us. So whenever we take in the Scriptures, when we're reading the Scriptures, remember, it's good to memorize the Scriptures, to digest the Scriptures, to take the Scriptures in, but more so than that, it's the application of those things. To have knowledge of something and not use it is almost useless, isn't it? Uh, Michael and I sit and play Jeopardy every once in a while. Anybody ever play Jeopardy? How many of you like Jeopardy? Anybody else besides me? And uh, so me and Michael sit there and play. And sometimes there'll be like categories like the potpourri of Rome in, you know, 1600 and something. And, and Mike's just sitting there and I'm like, shut up. How do you know all these? Just useless information, right? So he has all this useless information. And uh, yeah, and so I even bought him a book about useless information because he can play Jeopardy better, right? So I told him, go on and beat Ken Jennings and then give me some of the earnings. So, uh, but the thing is, is that what happens is, is that we have to get to the place where we're taking in the counsel of God, those things that really matter. And so think about how much useless information we give ourselves over to at times, but how important it is to give ourselves over to the scriptures. Application of information is good, and especially when it comes to the Bible. It tells us in Proverbs 20, 24, he said, man's goings are of the Lord. How can a man then understand his own way? <laughs> how, how, do we even, how do we even know what to do? And so if you start your day out apart from God, how do you know how your day's going to go? And you say, well, sometimes I get with God and my day still goes bad, but at least you're there to able, you're, you're in a relationship with him where you can just roll that burden over to him. And so God wants us to spend some time. So the man's goings are of the Lord. How can a man then understand his own way? We can't. We have to understand it according to the truth of God's Word. This is preparation of heart. This is getting it right with God. So the heart of man is designated as the center of all of our intellect, our emotions, you know, those feelings that we have, and our will. And so we have this intellect and emotions and will, and so the center of all of that is in man, 
But God wants to center, uh, have us center all that on Him. All of our intellect, all of our emotions, and all of our will, we turn it and center it on God. When we do that, our heart becomes more prepared for our days and for taking in the Scriptures and for being able to put things into effect. And so I challenge you with this as you, you center them on Him. All the plans of this life then will be guided by Him. I believe as I give myself over to God and allow Him to have me, and so I'm not getting more of Him. I already have Him, but I'm allowing myself to say, okay, God, give me all that I need today. Guide my thoughts. Guide my ways. How many of you know what I'm talking about whenever you had days where you just haven't done your prayer time or your Bible study or whatever? How's your day go sometimes? Then whenever it's a poor day, then you're thinking, man, what went wrong? And if you'll stop for just a second and stop and say, what happened? I promise you, <laughs> either prayer or Bible study, or even if you did it, you weren't even paying attention when you did it. You were just trying to get through it. How many of you have done that? And you get to the other end of it, and you're thinking to yourself, hmm, man, I didn't gain anything like from that. Anita and I are in Ezra right now. We're reading together in the mornings. And so in Ezra chapter 2, if you've never read it, it starts listing all these genealogies of people. And so I, I promise myself at times when I'm alone, I'll read those. But whenever you're trying to have a Bible study together to read all those genealogies, and so kind of got hooked on the Nithinims, and I didn't know who they were, and I didn't know if they were descendants of Nathan or what. But, uh, you know, you get down there, and there's some, you know, 492,000 people, and you're like, oh, my goodness, man. And uh, so, you know, uh, but the thing of it is, God put that in there on purpose, didn't he, to help the genealogies as they were going back into Jerusalem. There's an importance to all of that. Uh, although, in the Bible study, it wasn't helping us this morning, so I jumped to chapter 3. So I asked God to forgive me, and we moved on to chapter 3. And, uh, but here's the thing. Getting into the Word of God and really studying it, when we try to take control and, and plan apart from God, ultimately, God's plan is always going to prevail, so it's better to get in on what he's doing than to do my own and realize I had gone apart from God because then it's just doubly tough. So i got to undo maybe what I've done and redo it according to the will of God. And so it's better to get in on his plan first than to move in that direction. So in planning, make sure that your heart's given over to the Lord. You say, well, how do you do that? Every day, ask the Lord to have your heart, your mind, your thoughts, your spirit. Your, you want God to, to just have as much of you as possible. <laughs> and you want to give it your all, ask God to do that for you. Ask Him to help you. And let Him say, Lord, I want you to guide my thinking. Listen to me, folks. I promise you, I'm not the only person in this room that realizes I fail more here than I do outwardly. Because the thing of it is, is this is where a lot of the nonsense starts. You can say amen at that point. Amen? A lot of the stuff starts right here, doesn't it? And we allow that to foster and to uh, manifest itself. Then outward actions come from that a lot of times. And what you want to do is you want to ask God, listen, let this mind be in you, which is also in whom? Christ Jesus. I'm not sure. Uh, I can, um, well, I am sure of this. I am sure that Christ didn't think like we do sometimes. And that negative thinking is what hurts us. And it causes our heart to fail throughout the day. And, and it causes that... Uh, what I call preparation to kind of be wasteful if I'm not going to give myself over to God throughout the, the day. So planning apart from God, I believe that leads a lot of times to foul up plans. But with the Lord, I think he kind of clears the path for us some days. 
And boy, there's days where you just feel like, man, this has been great. You know, I'm, I feel like I'm in a bulldozer and it's just getting all knocked down and out of the way. And there's other days when I realize it's not happening and I can't figure out what's going wrong. And God will take me back to that moment where, well, no, you did kneel down. And yes, words came out of your mouth, but no, you didn't pray. <laughs> and so you were just getting stuff done. And so think about your prayers. Think about what you're saying to God. Allow that preparation to take place. So to help you keep a, a right attitude throughout the day and with your plans, you've got to give yourself over to God. So heart preparation is simply this. It's your willingness to want to fulfill God's plan. Give Him your heart and let Him fulfill what it is that He wants to do in your life that day. The second key is this, that spirit is weighed by God. Look at what this says. It says, The preparation of the heart in man and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirits. That means everything that I think I'm doing based on my perception of things, isn't it? We're good. We're in the clear. It's, it's where it's supposed to be. Yet, the Bible clearly says in this passage, God weighs that out. Now, here's what I want to challenge you with. You know, when you go to the doctor, one of the things, the first things they do is, is when you come in there, you say, um, you know, my pinky toe hurts. And then you go in and they do what? They take your temperature. I'm thinking, no, my pinky hurts and my pinky toe hurts. It has nothing to do with my temperature, right? But a temperature tells them a lot of things, doesn't it? When you go in and you tell the doctor you just don't feel well, the first thing they do is take your temperature. And a temperature can tell them a lot about you. You know, so if I got a high temperature, it can tell why, right? Or if I got a low temperature, it can tell uh, some things about me. So you go in, and this is a good barometer to help you tell how you're actually physically feeling. So I thought about this. What's our spiritual temperature sometimes? What's it like? And what do you do to measure your spiritual temperature? How would you do that? So how, how do you know when you're spiritually sick? <laughs> how do you know that? And, and then what's the gauge? I mean, how would you uh, respond to even that thought? Like, what do I do? So here it says, all the ways of man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirits. He's going to look at us, and he's going to weigh it out. And so the only way to do that is for you to turn yourself over to him. So how you are in spirit is a symptom of how you're doing as a Christian. How you are in spirit is a good symptom of how you're doing as a Christian. And so you can see that in people's lives. And so you can see their temperature sometimes. And you can see how they're behaving. You can see their actions. You can see their response to truth. You can see a lot of things from them. And so you assess that on your own self. And so here's the thing. Think about your spirit and how important it is. We worship God through our spirit, the Bible teaches us. We're to worship him in spirit and in truth is what the Bible says. In John 4, 24, he said, God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So how do you worship God? Well, you worship him in spirit and truth. And so if you've got a negative spirit, how are you going to worship God? If you've got a bad attitude, how are you going to worship God? If you've got a negative spirit, how are you going to worship God? I can't imagine that you're going to be able to worship him with a negative spirit. But we're to worship him in spirit and in truth. We win souls through our spirit. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Think about that for just a minute. The spirit of the man is the candle of the what? Lord, it's the light that others can see, isn't it? A candle, it, it lights things up. And so when you think about going out to win souls, if I got a bad attitude, I got a bad spirit, how am I going to win a soul to Christ? 
And so we win souls through our spirit. We serve God through our spirit. In Romans 1.9 it says, For God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit, Paul said. And so I serve God with my spirit. And so people see our spirits. They see our attitude. They see what we're like. And so my spirit is important. And, and when I, whenever you consider this, we pray and we walk with God through our spirit. In Isaiah 26, 9, with my soul have I desired thee in the night. Yea, with my spirit within me will I seek thee early. He said, everything that's in me, I seek my God out. I walk with him daily and I seek him out in prayer. But I do that via my spirit. If I've got a bad attitude and a bad spirit and a negative spirit all the time, how's God going to work with that? Do you know what you do with that bad attitude, that bad spirit, that negative thing? You get on your knees and say, God, i got a bad attitude. <laughs> i got a negative spirit. And I'm asking you, Lord, to help take this thing away because I know I can't communicate with you. And if I can't communicate with you, how am I going to communicate with others that day? Because i got a bad attitude. And so I'm asking my Lord to take that away from me. And so we serve God with our spirits. So the key thought is the Lord weighs the spirits. Now think about this. He's the one that brings it into balance. Isn't that a good thought? God brings our spirit into what? Balance. And so he's the great equalizer, if you will, and, and through the idea of he levels things out for us. When you go to the scriptures, how many of you have thought, man, I, I've got it bad today, and, and, and whatever that bad is. And someone else comes and tells you their story, and you're thinking, whew, glad I don't have their story today. <laughs> See, I'm glad I don't have Lori's story today because I'd be cleaning up water. She's got a mess on her hands. She's got to figure this out by tomorrow. But here's the idea. Here's the idea. What, what we do is, is we think, man, our situation, nobody's could be like ours. Would you agree? No one's as bad as mine right now. This is as worse as it can get. And yet someone come along and tell you a story. I was riding with Richard Marshall one time, and, and the church had flooded down in Colonial Beach, and he had access to those um, dehumidifiers. And so we were going up the road to get those, and we were taking his truck, and we were driving up through Fredericksburg, went to a portion of uh, Fredericksburg I'd never been in, and as we're driving down through the town, we're going out to where Richard's work site was, and there was a trailer there. We were going in to get all these. The guy said we could use them, I think some 20-something dehumidifiers to kind of get the moisture out of the building and all that kind of stuff. So we're driving up the road. As we're driving up the road, there was a man walking along the road and he had a stick. And on the stick, there was a plastic bag tied on the end of the stick. And as he was walking, I remember him walking and I could see him walking. And I don't know if this has ever happened to you. Has your soul ever come loose on your shoe where it's kind of flapping when you're walking? And, and his soles on his shoes were flapping as he's walking. And Richard Marshall looked over at me and he said, hey, pastor, I said, yeah. He goes, you ever look at someone else and wonder what their story is? I wonder what his story is. And the thing is, is sometimes we always think our story is worse than someone else's, right? And my daddy always used to say when I was growing up, he used to say, man, don't say anything until you walk in another man's shoes. Because sometimes he meant that in the sense of sometimes we can become very judgmental of other people. But he said, don't do that until you walk in another man's shoes. When you walk in another man's shoes, you might find out something different. And, and so as I share this with you, and, and we're looking at this, God's the great equalizer. He's the leveler. And so we're not the judge. We're not the Holy Spirit. We should allow ourselves to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. But we are not the Holy Spirit. And God weighs the Spirit. 
He's the one that brings it into balance. He's the one that's the great equalizer. He's the one that levels things out for us. That is why you communicate with him daily. That helps in preparation of the heart. In preparation of the heart, it helps in preparation of the spirit. And so I can do things according to his will and his way. When you, you uh, think about this, you, you have to think about uh, having a breach in your spirit. Uh, how many of you have ever shot guns? How many of you know what I'm talking about when a, when a gun's in breach? What's it good for? probably hitting somebody over the head. Because if it's in breach, you can't shoot it. Now, I just want you to think about this. If our spirit is in breach, is what he's talking about, how can we be used of God? You see, when a gun's in breach, it can't be fired. When my spirit's in breach, how am I going to be used of God? I'm not ready to be fired. I'm not ready to be used. You know, And, and so i got to be careful about that. Here's what it said about Daniel. Listen to this, how beautiful this is. In Daniel 6.3 it says, Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes. Above the presidents and princes. Because an excellent spirit was in him. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. He was preferred above presidents and princes. Because he had what? An excellent spirit in him. And so when people see a different spirit in us, It can change their thinking. And so what I'm challenging you with is having the right spirit will give you favor with God, and I believe it gives you favor with man. I'm not trying to say that uh, I'm going to accommodate everybody, but I'm saying to have a good spirit, amen? And when you have a good spirit about yourself, you gain favor with God and with man. And, and you say, what is that? That's, that's the grace of God coming down to me. That's me humbling myself in the sight of the Lord. And the Bible says, he shall lift you up. And I really believe, folks, that all begins in one location. Look at this verse. He says, Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be what? Established. Commit your works to God, and your thoughts will be what? Established. And so he talks about preparation of heart. He talks about God being the great equalizer, bringing into balance the spirit in man. And he tells us, in this case, that we need to really be conscientious about our thoughts and the works that we do as we commit them to our God. So what, then, is the prescription for your plans and your spirit and your thought life? What you need to do is ask God to fix your spirit by change how you think sometimes. Just, Lord, just change how I think. And here's the thing. Some of us get in that mode of thinking negatively first. And, and, and we allow that to dictate how we perceive situations sometimes, and we become very negative. And, and so God doesn't challenge us to do that. Now listen to this. In Psalm 51.10, he said, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. David speaking there, and he's saying, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Change even how I'm thinking, feeling, all the intellect, the emotions, the will, God changed that for me. You see, he has the power to do that for you. When you're being negative, when you have that negative spirit in you, ask God to help you with it because it's starting right here. I promise you that. This is where it's starting. And then it manifests itself outwardly. And he says, uh, Create me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. If you're saved, you've been given the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And now you're asking God to take over at that point. If I'm asking for a right spirit, I'm asking for the Holy Spirit now to take control. 
You know the passage in, in Ephesians 5.18 where it says, And be not drunk with wine, where is an excess, but be ye what? Filled with the Spirit. Allow the Spirit to control you. And so that's what we're asking God to do. Go to God. And listen, folks, don't be afraid to tell God, Listen, Lord, i got a bad spirit about this. i got a bad attitude about this. I, I, you know, and, and, and when you do that, it doesn't mean, okay, Lord, so I'm going to let it remain as it is. I'm going to keep a bad attitude and a bad spirit. No, you're asking God now to intervene. I'm asking him to help prepare my heart, help prepare my spirit, help prepare me. And so go and confess your bad spirit and ask him to give you the right kind of spirit. And listen, when you change your thoughts, your spirit will change. When you change your thinking, your spirit will change. When you change your thinking, your spirit will change, and then your plans will fall in line with God. And this is what happens. I really believe you can get to the place where you really renew your time of fellowship with God. You come back into that, and don't forget to thank Him when He changes your attitude, when He changes your spirit, you go back and you thank Him and say, Lord, thank you for that renewed spirit, renewed attitude, renewed thinking toward this situation. Proverbs 16:32, he says, He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a city. He said, when you're bringing your spirit into check, it's better than someone taking down a city. (laughs) He's letting us know that doing this is a very positive thing. And so he wants us to do this. And when you hear yourself becoming negative and critical, how many of you know when you're doing it? Just go ahead and admit it, because we all do it. I mean, if you'd say, no, I never do that, we do it. We get critical. We get, we get that way. And the thing of it is, is when it's happening, you know it's happening. When we get that negative spirit about us, you know it's coming on, and that's where you have to stop. That, at that moment, at that juncture, when you see it happening, you know it's happening, it's starting to happen inside of you, you just say, Lord, take this away from me. Put Jesus in the center of that. Get God back into the middle of it. Ask Him to change your heart. Ask Him to prepare your heart throughout the day so that you don't have that kind of attitude and that spirit. And he that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. God said those that get angry, they're not very mighty. How many of you have watched people argue? How many of you have ever watched someone argue? How much have you learned out of an argument? Nothing. And how much are they listening to one another when they argue, when they fight? They're only looking to get what they think in. Am I right? They're not listening. No one's listening. They're just yelling back and forth. And, and, you know, and then they become obscene at times, and, and just the yelling increases, and we think if we yell louder, it'll get through better, and all that kind of stuff, and it doesn't. And, and, it, it, and it does absolutely nothing. I was watching uh, on, uh, on Fox News, they were showing Pete Buttigieg. How many of you know who I'm talking about? He's the homosexual that's running for president, and uh, he's out of the, uh, South Bend, Indiana, around that area. And uh, so anyway, while he's out on the road, he's the beloved, you know, and you can see it, and they're lifting him up. He's the next Messiah to come out of that party. And so you look at this, and you see, man, they're just, just magnifying him and lifting him up and glorifying him and all this kind of stuff. Well, he's still the mayor up there in South Bend, Indiana. Well, a situation occurred where a, uh, uh, basically uh, someone got shot, and uh, it was in his community and that kind of thing, and he goes back, and you see him back there, and whenever they started addressing him, you could see his countenance change, his whole spirit changed. He almost became academic. I, re- I saw him take a pencil out, and he was sitting behind a desk, and they're trying to talk to him about, 
you know, you're on the road so much, these things aren't getting taken care of, and, you know, people are dying, and this kind of thing. And he takes out his pen, and he has a notepad there, and he begins to write. He didn't look very presidential to me, I just have to tell you. He didn't look like a leader. He looked like he was scared. And, and, and why am I sharing that with you? All these people were angry and screaming at him, and guess what was being resolved? Nothing. Nothing. And he didn't even know how to respond to all the screaming. And so he's just sitting there, and he's just writing as they're talking, and the Lord knows what he's writing down. I need uh, one turkey, some stuffing. I mean, I have no idea. And the thing of it is, is that he wasn't projecting himself, actually, like he was listening to them. It was almost as if, I got other things I got to get doing. You know, I got to catch a flight, going over here, running for president, got to go for this. I mean, I have no idea what the guy was writing down. But he wasn't paying attention. And the thing of it is, is whenever we get to that place where we're just screaming, and what God says here, he that is slow to anger is better than the, the mighty. So I want to challenge you about your anger. And when you hear yourself becoming negative and critical, go to Christ. Ask him to change your thinking. And I, I believe with all my heart it will directly affect your spirit, your attitude, and your thoughts. And see, when your plans, when they get fouled up, don't get mad at God. Sometimes God's just doing that, and our spirit uh, changes, and our thoughts change to the negative when our plans don't go as we planned. But maybe it's not God's plan. And so God's changing your plan. So ask the Lord to take over to avoid going down that wrong path and commit your work to God, and he'll establish your thoughts. And what I share with you is roll your burdens onto the Lord because nothing's too great for God to handle. No matter what you're going through, believe me, if he can create you, <laughs> he can help you with the problems that you're having. He can sustain you in the midst of them. So you'll be at your worst, and I do believe this, you'll be at your worst when you're self-focused. You'll be at your worst when you're self-focused. You personally will be at your worst when you're self-focused. When you have your mind on the scriptures and let each esteem other better than what? Themselves. When you're thinking about others is when you're at your best. You'll be at your best. That's that right thinking. So the word gives us a prescription, a way that you can have this excellent spirit. And God says, allow God to have control of your thoughts so he can fulfill his plans. That verse says, commit thy works unto the Lord and thy thoughts shall be what? Established. Let's pray.